Hi there, this is John Frenet, and welcome to an encore presentation of our Legacy Business Spotlight. These are best done in person, and with the current state of emergency restrictions, that's just not possible. So we will be re-releasing our past episodes every Saturday at noon until this pandemic is in our collective rearview mirror. Until then, enjoy this encore presentation of our Legacy Business Spotlight. Some businesses succeed. Some don't. Then there are those that seem to have been around forever. The true entrepreneurial success story. How did they do it? What was their vision? What makes a success? In this special episode for Ion Annapolis, we speak with the true success stories. Those business owners that have been around for decades. Learn from their successes and failures. Now, here's host John Fernay. We're down here at Liquefied Creative in Eastport uh, in their new headquarters, if you will. And we're joined by Sean and Jessica Nortel, Jamie Tchaikovsky, and Caitlin Wiggins, who are the people that make this marketing, advertising, uh, web design firm really sort of run. And you guys have been here for a lot longer than I realized, Sean. Yeah, a lot, a lot of people don't realize how long we've been around. Uh, we're going into our 14th year in, t- in 2020, which is great for us. And we've come from a long journey at this point, uh, from just being a sole proprietor to being a crew of you know eight or nine and hopefully 10 to 12 in 2020. You know, they say, what is it? If you can make it five years in any business, that's a that's a good sign, and uh, certainly fourteen is something to ring the bell and be very very proud of. Um, what what does Liquefied Creative do? Where where does the name come from? Wow, that's a, that's a good question. Uh, Liquefied Creative comes from, I guess I'd, I'd say, a, a long philosophy that we have. Uh, I came from a number of different ad agencies, and, and so is a lot of the employees here. And um, one of the concerns that I had when I was working with an ad agency was, obviously, you know, a lot of things weren't cohesive across all the mediums. So that's that's really where the name Liquefied comes from, uh, where we make sure that the branding and the messaging and the image and the look and feel of everything that we do is cohesive, whether it's going through web design, whether it's going through broadcast media, TV, you know, even down to print. Uh, that, that's one of the, the real basis of what liquefied is, is it, it's, it's the concept of water. Everything's consistent and part of, you know, that's, that's the basis of what we do. I have to laugh. We're here in 2020, and you referenced, like, and, and even, like, print, like, like, like that's such. Believe it or like, not, like that's, yes. such, like that's such some kind of a foreign concept. You've got people going, print. What the what the heck is that? Uh, which is which is so funny to see how everything has evolved over the years, as far as in the advertising and marketing world. I mean, we've it used to be all print. Yes, um, you know, throw in then and TV jumped in there and radio and and whatnot. And it's sort of switching around. I mean, it's uh, you know, video is huge, uh, online, digital. Has has got to be the king, I guess, at this point for advertising, isn't it? Yeah, online digital and streaming is is really becoming king right now in, in the marketing industry. Um, it, you know, your return on investment, being able to see where your money's going and what's most effective. Uh, so that, that's really become well. That's one of the things component. that's like you said is really beautiful on digital is that you can actually measure it a lot easier than I mean. Yeah, I can tell you I printed a thousand papers. Mm-hmm. Beyond that, I don't I don't know a whole lot. 
Right. Um, I can tell you that I put them on so many driveways and whatnot, but that uh, really doesn't, and that's where digital really does sort of shine. You guys are here on Severn Avenue. You're in the, uh, this complex has a name, and it's... Uh, I was originally the Trumpy, uh, Trumpy and Sons Yacht Company here. Um, this is Severn Avenue. It's, um, you know... We're, was this whole complex the whole Trumpy complex? The, the whole complex here was, was Trumpy and Sons. Uh, the complex that we actually reside in uh, is the old metalworking shop. Uh, that Trumpy and Sons had, where they actually fabricated and, and designed the different mechanical parts for all the yachts and also for the military boats. You know, that's funny because I only sort of knew Trumpy as being um, the chart house. Right. Which is, I guess, where they, I guess, finished the boats and launched them. And, and so I didn't realize that this whole complex was part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but recently you guys moved in from a smaller location here to a bigger location here. That's correct. We, we moved uh, into this larger space to give us an additional 1,500 square feet, uh, which allows us to be able to build out and have a space for photography studio, video studio, recording studio eventually at this point, but also to allow us to give a little bit more open freedom and, and growth across the board for our team. What's your ideal client? Okay, obviously our ideal client is the one with very deep pockets and very big <laughs> budgets and unlimited budgets and everything else. That's the ideal client for everybody. But what, what types of clients primarily work with Liquify Creative? Wow, that's a good question. Caitlin? Well, basically, to touch on the client question, our agency, I think, is unique in that we work with a large number of client verticals. So some agencies, you know, tend to have a wheelhouse, so to speak. Um, you know, some might work strictly more with healthcare or the legal industry. We really pride ourselves on the wide array of knowledge that comes from being able to work with various client industries. Uh, one of our passionate, you know, ideal client is the nonprofit sector. We're really passionate about working with the local community specifically and nonprofits within the county. One of the examples is we do a lot of work with. Anne Arundel Medical Center Foundation, the uh, Hospice of the Chesapeake, there's a large number of, you know, different organizations that we have. And I think that our clients with the, so to speak, deep pockets that you mentioned, um, we really do love working with them, but their support really also helps us drive our ability to give back through our efforts. Well, I know you guys have been very involved with the SPCA and the Lights on the Bay, which is just closed up over at Sandy Point State Park. You've been involved in that, the MRE's tug of war. You mm-hmm. were involved with the Denims and Diamonds, mm-hmm. uh, which is the Anne Arundel Medical Center Foundation as well. And that's uh, it's it's great that you guys have jumped into the local business because it's all about you know these these local nonprofits, these local businesses such as Liquified Creative, such as you know even Buddies on Main Street and Chicken Roost and all these little stores are really what make the community rather than the uh, big box stores that are. You know, out out at the mall, or uh, you know, I, I cringe every time I hear somebody say, "Oh yeah, I got these great business cards from VistaPrint." I'm like, "Oh, right. just wonderful." <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I mean, you know, why aren't why aren't you going someplace else to be able to to do that locally? Because you're not saving any money by VistaPrint. Right. And one thing we try to do on top of that is, you know, not only help with that price point, but on top of that. We're not just giving money or giving services. We're also giving our time. Um, for example, for the SPCA for Lights in the Bay, we have a – there's a fun run, you know, 5K that's associated right. through it that raises money. And Jessica actually took the initiative to, on her personal time, basically plan and organize majority of that event. You know, she could probably speak a little bit more to that. But it's an example like that that we're – you know, we really try to be on the ground participating in these things, not just – writing a check how many how many, how, how many hours i'll say volunteer hours or, or type things do you have any idea how many 
liquefied puts in in a year? I don't know. To various things? I know there are some people that yeah, will. That, will that's a good question because it, it, it varies based on the nonprofit and the engagement level. I, it's, it's close to 5,000 plus hours that we actually um, give to these nonprofits that that's we're, crazy. We're, we're associated with. And, you know, like I said, it's the, the larger companies that allow us to have that diversity. It's the, the opportunity that's, that's given to us by our community to allow us to be in business here. And, um, you know, it's a philosophy of, you know, myself, uh, John Corso, who's another partner, and, and also Jessica, who's a partner of the business, is to really be able to give back to that nonprofit community um, to make sure they're strengthening it. It's great to see the economy grow. I mean, Eastport alone, I mean, what we're seeing down the street, um, you know, you've got a brewery that's coming in here. Right. It's great to see that the economy is and in, in, in the dynamic of the community is changing. And we would only hope that those businesses would also kind of take the same philosophy that we have and also participate, put themselves on the line for these nonprofits uh, without any questions. Certainly. I'll tell you, Jessica, we've uh, you organized the run at the uh, Lights on the Bay. Yeah, I was one of the co-directors. Are you a runner? The, yes. I'm actually training for my first marathon this year. Congratulations. You. <laughs> Do you have an uh, Ironman on your radar? Uh, my friend at Five Peaks would want me to say yes, um, but I'm going <laughs> to say no at this point. We'll have to see what the future holds, yeah. I, I've got a friend that just did the one on the Eastern Shore yes. a couple months ago, yes. and she was just absolutely thrilled that she did it. I had another friend that did one down in Cozumel several years ago, and I can't think of anything more miserable than doing that personally it's, myself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What is your role at Liquefied? Um, I am the resident bean counter. I'm the CFO for the company, um, so I handle most of the financial dealings, um, the accounting, the the accounts receivable, accounts payable, making sure the lights stay on and the people get paid. So you keep it running here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah don't don't, don't lower your lie. She's actually she's the she's the backbone. <laughs> Well, I, f- I find in any type of a creative endeavor, I mean, you've got to have, I mean, we can we can see this here in the city of Annapolis, okay? Our own mayor is very creative and he's like, let's do these things. And I mean, and, you know, Sean, you are, and, you know, Caitlin and Jamie, you guys are all these, the creative types. Yeah. And you do need to have somebody, and I've asked the mayor who it was, I haven't been able to identify who it is, but you need to somebody to sit there and go, what the hell are you thinking? That's and that would much, probably be your role. Yeah, that's that's my role. Yeah, I take it very seriously. Um, no, because they they are very very creative people. Um, sometimes to a fault, and I have to be the voice of realism to say, okay, guys, we need to bring it back down a little bit. But it's it's a challenge, but it's a worthy challenge to have. It's a good problem. You know, with giving you guys the creative freedom to run, I mean, that's that's where the magic really kind of happens i would imagine it does whether it always comes to fruition is a different story and we, we it, it's amazing the the different diversity we have amongst our, our team what we'd like to call them our crew because there are people who are extremely detailed and organized and there are those creatives where we're so absent-minded uh, we come up with crazy ideas and those are the people who ground us and kind of reel us back in and say this is this is possible this isn't possible but it's great to have that whole entire spectrum of uh, crew members here. Yeah. Well, now you two share a name. You guys are you guys are husband and wife. Yep. Yes. 
How's working together? <laughs> Living the dream. <laughs> Living the dream. Nightmares are dreams too. I, you know, I was doing a business and somebody asked my ex, my ex-wife, and said, "Hey, uh, do you work with your with with your wife?" I said, "Oh gosh, no, I don't think I could do that." And it does. It has to take a special partnership to do that. And I think yes. probably a little bit of the opposites attracting there as far as the. I think that's probably what makes it so successful is that he is the creative, and I'm more of the the realist, black and white kind of person. And we we um, we strengthen each other. And we compliment each other 100%. How'd you guys meet just out of curiosity? Wow, that was back in high school. Uh, we knew each other for a while. Oh, wow. Um, but yes, back yeah, in high school. Yeah, we met through a theater program in high school. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you guys are originally from around then originally from around here, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Born yeah. and raised in Anne Arundel County. Yes. Old I'm, Mill graduates. Old Mill graduates, both of us. <laughs> ah. How many years ago was that? No, I'm not going to go there. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I'm not going to go there. And and down over at the other end of the table, we've got Jamie Chikowski, who has been with Liquefied for how long have you been around? I just celebrated my fifth year with Liquefied. Congratulations. Thank you very much. And your role? I'm the marketing manager here. So anything from new client acquisition to bringing them on board, setting up their schedule for new projects, whether they be print, digital, website, branding, anything. Uh, I'm the main point of contact for new clients that are coming on board. So are you out are you out beating the bushes looking for new clients too? Is that part of your We are not uh, in that situation currently. Fortunately, we are more in terms of uh, responding to people as they come in. Uh, we've got a very steady uh, funnel of new clients that come to us directly through our uh, marketing efforts and we basically get back with them, meet with them and discuss their needs and then prepare a proposal for them. Do you have do you have clients that are not good fits? Yes. Uh, we've we've come across them, uh, whether it be, or I'll say potential clients, I guess. Not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we've got uh, people that we clash for one reason or another. Uh, you mentioned deep pockets, so budgets may always be a concern. It also might be uh, personality or even ideal conflicts that we just don't agree with the business that they're in or the business they've been in. You know, I think it's it's interesting. Annapolis is in Anne Arundel County in general is just a very small community, relatively speaking. I mean, you can go anywhere in the county and you probably know somebody or, you know, through, you know, two degrees of Kevin Bacon or whatever it may be. But (laughs) And you're you're right. I mean, there are people I know with Ion Annapolis are people that we can't, I don't say we can't work with, but I just know it just won't work out. I mean, you want to work with people that are fun to work with, the people that that work with you. You know, I I tend to believe uh, a little bit more on a handshake deal as opposed to uh, contracts. And obviously it's different from business to business. But you guys have really sort of ingrained yourself into the local community. I mean, I, I sit there and I look at your client rosters, that, and it's it's really, really quite impressive that you've done it. And it's just, you know, they're, they're back and back again. You work with Fish for a Cure, which now is actually was their own, and now they're part of the Anne Arundel County Medical Center Foundation, aren't they? That's correct, yes. Fish for a Cure is a fundraising arm for cancer research locally. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's correct. And it helps, uh, you know, for example, this year it, it funded a lot of what the nurse navigators were doing for Anne Arundel Medical Center, uh, which is fantastic because, I mean, if you really think about it at the end of the day, the nurse navigators uh, are assigned when someone comes in who is going through a traumatic period of their life. They realize they have cancer. They need treatment. Um, and we don't think about it on, on a normal level, but... The impact that has financially 
paying those bills, making those doctor's appointments, having the support programs that are in place. There's a number of organizations that they even work with to make recommendations so that you can go and get, you know, whether it's massage or, or specific yoga, whatever it may be. But these nurse navigators, they're assigned to you for the entire treatment that you go through, you know, when wow. you go through chemo. It's just little programs like that that we don't really think about uh, that the foundation has established and built. And that's what, you know, I always say, you know, we live in the greatest county in the state and in some cases in the country as far as I'm concerned when we have programs like that to be able to support our residents. There, there really are, and I, I've come from outside of Philadelphia, and I know people down here love to squawk about traffic and taxes and this and that sure. and everything else, and it's, it's sort of necessary evils to a degree, but we really do. I mean, we've got the bay that's right here literally on our back door. Right. We've got infrastructure is very solid. It's in good shape. We've got wonderful world-class hospitals. Mm-hmm. The education one, system here? The, the, one, the Even the hospitals that are not, we'll say world-class, that are in our immediate area. I mean, we've got just go a little bit on the other side of the border to Baltimore into mm-hmm. Washington, and and you're set. Right. Um, we are a very, very unique place and a very, very lucky to live here. And I know it always um, sort of makes me sad when I talk to, I know I talked with the Annapolis Maritime Museum, and I've talked to Debbie Gosselin at Watermark, and she said that it's amazing that sometimes they'll bring kids from Annapolis that have never seen the harbor. Exactly. That have never been out. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, we can, anywhere within the city, water is walkable. Uh-huh. And, and it's accessible. Uh, and, and it's just, uh, it's crazy. And I, I, th- I think it's, um, I think you're absolutely right. We live in a, a, a very spectacular place, and it's probably a great place to do business. You guys have talked about your building out, you know, going to be building a video studio and, uh, you know, some different things here. What is the future looking for? I mean, okay, obviously your future probably just is in the past because you've just moved into this giant <laughs> new beautiful section. So it's... Uh, I know, but what's the future look like for Liquefied? That, that's a good question. Uh, you know, we really kind of rest that in the hands of the accounts that we work with, and and the community, and also the nonprofits that we work with. Um, you know, it's it it's only up from here. You know, okay. that's that's the way I look at it. Um, you know, we have a philosophy at the office, and and I always say it's it's shared by the management, it's shared by the the crew here. Is that our job is to move forward. There is no looking back. It's always moving forward, and you do whatever it takes to move forward. And that goes along with our company. That goes along with also how we handle our accounts and the things that we do for, for our partners and our clients. Well, as, as an advertising, and I hate to pigeonhole and say an advertising no. <laughs> agency, but as, as a professional in that whole advertising realm, what are you seeing? I'm sure there's trade journals and, and, and buzz. What are you seeing as, as the future? I mean, I know at one point – uh, QR codes were going to be the, the light, the life changing things, and they do have their 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 place. But I mean, what are the, what is the what does the future hold for the? I can personally touch on that, and I say I think for our agency, and then I can move on to industry specific. But one of the things I really think that is a marker for the future of our agency and what sets us apart is that we continue to keep everything in house. There are a lot of agencies out there that outsource some of their creative or digital, like you mentioned, um, advertising, media buys. We keep everything in-house because we like to have control over the entire process and give people's brands and companies and campaigns you know, the attention that they deserve and the cohesiveness. I think the future of the industry, so to speak, is finding those agencies that continue to keep all of this in-house while at the same time accepting the move towards digital. 
um, and not harboring staying in the print realm. I mean, you talk to people that aren't in, a, in aren't in the industry and say things like, "Oh, I've seen Mad Men. You know, it's all print based. You know, every, everything in the history. Like, you know, we've got elements of that here. I'll say, but not not as extreme. But I think it's accepting the fact that a lot of the foundation of the creative and everything lives in the print, but you need to be able to embrace that things are moving digital. Things are moving towards, you know, video is going to be one of the top forms of content shared online and on social platforms. I mean, social marketing is Well, that huge. has been for a while, and it, mm-hmm. will, it will continue, you it, think? It, it will continue based on industry trends that video is going to be in, you know, VR, the, every kind of that. I mean, there's... They're coming out with so many different forms of interactive media, not just video, but, um, you know, full screen experiences, different things. Well, again, I mean, a couple of years ago, I remember Ray-Ban came out with a augmented reality thing yes. where you could put on your uh, clip-on webcam and, you know, look in this camera and it would put different wayfarers and different glasses on your face and you could turn sideways and whatnot. So this augmented reality, really, and it never really took off. I mean, I know there was right. a thing where you could take a box, the post office even tried it, where you could take a box, put it on your desk and aim your camera down and it would measure your box and tell you how much postage you had. I mean, I mean, is that, are you guys prepared? depending on whatever the next technology is, which we don't know what the hell it is going yeah. to be, to to jump into that. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think we, we've got the flexibility to do that, do that based off of the, the type of business we have, the type of agency we have, and, and, and the thought process that we're always willing to take on the next new big thing and find a way to implement it. And, you know, from a personal aspect, professional aspect, I've seen the industry shift so quickly. I mean, I was a traditional print guy. You know, I, I, I graduate from Maryland Institute, and the, my first job I was doing paste up. And that sounds crazy, but from that to today, your digital and your streaming is physically changing the, the fabric of how marketing and advertising is done. Uh, if you think about it, it used to be that you would, you know, you would do something on TV, a TV commercial. Where's that, where's that turning into now? It's streaming. It's streaming, yeah. and that that user experience and your behaviors are being recorded every single second. And we're also able to take in that information faster based off of our generations. Um, if you look at historically, you know, historically along the lines of how people take information in, it, it was always people had challenges with reading, reading and writing. The streaming has nothing to do with reading and writing. It's no. all visual. Yeah. It's all visual. I talk to the people at the film festival, and they say that there are people that are making films uh, not to have them in the movie theater. Exactly. Not to have, bum, 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 you know, the lights and every, yeah. everything else going on there, but they're making them for YouTube, right. for Netflix, yes. for Hulu, specifically for that. I know some of the bands that I had, when I was with WRNR talking with some of the bands, there are some bands that, no, we're not interested in going out on tour or making mm-hmm. albums. Uh, we're hoping that a Netflix original series will pick up our, our tune as a you know show. And, and really, I sort of started with Colby Calais, I think. on mm-hmm. She did her own little YouTube thing and, and morphed that into a thing. But it is amazing how the dynamics have changed. Mm-hmm. Um, do you ever run across clients that don't have a website at this point? Yes. Yes. We Believe do. Believe it or not, yes. I think a lot or, of Or our... potential clients, I guess. Right. We, we, we do. We run into a... We, we've run into past clients and potential clients that uh, don't see the value in having a website uh, because they 
quote unquote, the, the way they obtain new business is based off of um, you know word of mouth and relationships, which is all great. Uh, however, the first place someone looks is online uh, to see your website, and if it, it's supposed to represent who you are, without any question. Sure. Digital but, front door. Digital front the way door. We say yeah. it now. It's your storefront. No, it, 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 it absolutely is. If you don't have a store, you need a, you, you need a storefront. Mm-hmm. It used to be if you weren't in the yellow pages, you weren't in business. That's true. And if your name didn't start with like four A's. Four A's, <laughs> A-A-A, automotive. <laughs> you, weren't, you weren't going anywhere, buddy. Exactly. But it's, uh, what's the next greatest technology that's coming out? Do you guys have any thoughts as to what the buzz Augment, is? Augmented reality still in VR. I mean, you even look at um, one of the things like they're doing specifically to reach, what is it, Gen, Gen, Z. Gen Z? That's a big place to find them. I mean, you look at all these social platforms that are really imp- implementing the augmented reality. I mean, Facebook has it, uh, Instagram has it, Snapchat specifically. I mean, now you look at this other platform, TikTok, that has all these kids on it that um, I can't say I'd know if I wasn't in this industry. Um, but it's interesting to see by going on there, and it's our job to educate ourselves on this, see the trending stuff that this augmented reality and VR is even being applied in the advertising sense. I mean, you go on Snapchat and you see some company is doing a campaign for, let's say, makeup, and they've got an augmented reality feature that applies the makeup to your face or a movie coming out um, does the same thing. I think that the whole experience marketing is a way we like to phrase it is going to be a really big thing because people like to have value on screen and off screen. So. Well, so augmented reality, I mean, the irritating dog noses and the bunny mm-hmm. ears that you see on Snapchat and all yes. that stuff, is that a real sort of a rudimentary form of augmented reality? Yes. Okay. And just the ability to interact with an app more than typing or uploading a video. I've got a friend that lives in Edgewater that has uh, – he and his wife have the VR glasses yes. and the and the hand things. And we went over one time just to sort of play. And it was absolutely amazing. I'm sitting there on the couch on the roller coaster and I'm like holding on for dear life <laughs> um, because the, it's, it's crazy. And this used to be the realm of the Imagineers yes, at Disney yes. – now it's not so much. It's uh, you know the realm of liquefied creative. It's the realm of the people at Snapchat and mm-hmm. and whatnot, which is really kind of um, really kind of crazy. What's the difference between augmented reality and virtual reality? Virtual reality is more of what you mentioned with the like the headset, or I mean, I know Jamie knows a lot about this too, or a little bit, but um, it's more of you're immersing yourself into an environment that you're surrounding yourself with. Augmented reality is changing something that you see in front of you. Okay. So it's changing what's on your face or your clothes you know, or yeah, or um, placing you know with Snapchat, you reverse the camera, placing a little avatar or in front of you. It's augmenting the reality that you're in, whereas the virtual reality is a different reality that you're immersing yourself into. It's unbelievable what we're able to do, and that that really sort of dives into the whole digital aspect of that because you can turn around and you can target, you know, exactly who the client is. Mm-hmm. I feel like it creates a lot more of a relevant ex- user experience. Absolutely. Yeah, you you hear a lot of people express the same sentiment that you just did, you know, about um, even that Netflix documentary. I was talking with somebody the other day about the data, the data breach and people being sensitive to the fact that their data is being used um, in a certain way. And I think it's our responsibility in an ethical way to take people's data and use it in the proper way and not to abuse the privilege that comes with that. But I think the way that I tell people to look at it sometimes is that our job is to 
reach you with relevant content that's relevant to your interest in your life, not to abuse your data that's being collected. So wouldn't you rather, you know, people say, oh, I was just talking about a trip to Switzerland and then I went on Instagram and I'm seeing all these ads for it. And now this is probably going to happen to me after this interview. But um, wouldn't you rather... I'm collecting it. Right, exactly. (laughs) Wouldn't you rather see content and advertisements directly linked to what you're expressing interest in rather than getting something that's completely irrelevant to you. Oh, without a doubt. Nobody wants to be sold to. Nobody wants something shoved down their throat. And uh, if you can identify something that is of, of relative interest and bring them in, that's it. I mean, you know, I, in an ideal world, I mean, I still, we joke about print being out. I still love the newspaper. I still mm-hmm. love the magazines. I like the feel in my hands on a Sunday morning and whatnot there. But, you know, an ideal one would be one that has advertising because we know obviously everybody has but it would be, you know, I don't, I don't care about the fake boobs. I don't care about the teeth whitening or something like this. But, you know, let's talk about travel. Let's talk about something like that and have the ads. With, I mean, I think that's probably somewhere where we're probably close to being able to be able to do. Combine digital to print. Say, okay, well, yes. fine. This is, uh, this is John, these are John's interests. So we're going to turn around and we're going to ship him What's Up magazine. But we're going to print out a copy. And, and there's going to be some technology that is opposed to running the same copy for however many they print. It's going to be one for Sean. There's going to be one for Jessica. And there's going to be one, you know, and it's, it's sort of like nice. the Sports Illustrated with the, uh, you know, nine different covers for the uh, the women's soccer. Mm-hmm. Where's the future hold for Liquefied? Are you, you're, you're just going to build out here and uh, <laughs> roll with roll with the technology? Are you looking, uh, you know, you said you mentioned you're going to be bringing on new, new team members perhaps in 2020? Right. We're, we're definitely uh, expanding. Crew members, I'm sorry. Crew members, yeah. We're, we're definitely expanding our, our digital uh, capacities, uh, capabilities, uh, without any question. That's, that's where we, we see the future resides, is in building out everything that we do digital, whether it's you know the, the ads, the digital PPC, whether web. it's the, the web, which is a huge component of what we do. And, and I always laugh because people say, hey, you, you're, you guys are the web design development company. Well, that's not what we do. It's, it's not even where we started, <laughs> believe it or not. We well, I mean, a it's, it's a service that you offer. But it's a service that we yes. offer. And, and, and it's quite unique because there's a lot of clients that we have that don't realize the other services that we offer. Uh, they came to us for a logo, and that's all they wanted. Um, they didn't realize we did web. We didn't realize that, we, you know, all the tools, all the things that we offer are tools that equal up to the marketing aspect. All right. Well, then here's here's a question for you. I have just walked in your front door. I was coming down Second Street, and I said, oh, there's like a liquefied creative. They seem like they've got some creativity behind them because it says so on their flag in front of the door. And I say, Sean, I've just started a new company. What can you do for me? Well, and I, and I've, got, I've, got, I've got that unlimited budget. I've got the... Uh, you know. That's great. <laughs> um, but I mean, I mean, what can what can you do for me? Wow, I mean, we can go from you know even the basis of you know the, the naming of your company, for example, doing a lot of brand research uh, to establish the name, the look, the feel, the logo, uh, the messaging. You know, who, what's the persona? What's your client base going to be? Um, all the way through your your digital collat- I mean, your your print collateral, which people say, it's a rarity nowadays. But you need, it. you need it. You need it. It's your no letter. Question. You know, I, I people joke when I order business cards all the time, right? And I, I'm like, that is the 
still the cheapest form of marketing you could possibly mm-hmm. ever imagine. I've got a great story of a friend of mine that used to put business cards in every single envelope he mailed. And this is back in the days when he used to mail checks and stuff like that. Sure. <laughs> but, you know, it was every every envelope that went out. And it was in a travel business. And all of a sudden he got a call for like some gigantic honeymoon. It was like a $20,000 honeymoon. <laughs> and it's like, well, where did you get this? And it was like, I, I work as a in the mailroom at some company. And month after month, there's a damn card falling out along oh, yeah. with the check and I, I i grabbed it and i did that i had another friend that used to slide business cards uh, and use them as quote bookmarkers on airplane magazines in flight magazines so th- for the next person that's sitting in that seat there's there's a business card for the taking of course he put three or four in yeah. but i again so you i mean so we, we we'll go from collateral we'll all go all the way to broadcast we'll do digital web we stand behind ourselves we say we're a boutique shop uh without any question the reason we say we're boutique is because we customize the marketing catalyst, the things that we do based off of what the needs of that client is. Not all clients need Facebook. Not all clients need Twitter. Depending on what the industry needs and what their audience is looking for, we'll cater to those needs and we'll find different modes and, and tools and methods based off of those. Do you think everybody, every business needs to be on Facebook? No. I think a lot of times people overlook the word, to answer your question, the word branding in our tagline, so to speak. We are really here to custom tailor your brand's experience um, and the catalyst that delivers your brand message. We had a client come in recently that's selling high-end real estate. And one of the first things they said is, let's just throw a bunch of stuff. Should we be on Facebook? Should we be doing ads? I said, that's not your market. So I'm not going to tell you just so you'll give me more money to run ads on Facebook when I don't think I know for a fact I'm not going to reach your target demographic and it's not going to be effective. There's really no reason to because once we finish this project and your brand, so to speak, is sold, we don't really have a reason to market it any further because all of your units have been sold and you don't plan to build any more units. So in a sense of that, so to speak, I don't think the money is valuable to be on Facebook for the people that we're trying to sell the product to. In most cases, yes, I think you should be on Facebook, but I think that it's our job to tell you for your custom brand experience that this is not going to be beneficial for you, and we're not going to suggest that you spend money with us on something that isn't going to work well for your Interesting. For your so, so you don't think Facebook is necessarily a like digital, digital front door like the website is? Not on equal no, footing. I don't think it should ever replace your website. Right. Um, I've seen that a lot recently in the certain people in the event planner business or whatnot. They okay. they sometimes use Instagram as their, so to speak, digital front door. But you still need to, even though there is a conversion factor on Instagram where you can email someone or call someone, it's our opinion as marketers that you need somewhere to showcase the rest of what you offer. I, I, I agree with you. I mean, if on a this would probably be on a Jessica thing on a practical point of view. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I don't own Facebook Sandbox. I mean, you know, Zuckerberg could get a bug up his butt and <laughs> like, like he does all the time. And all of a sudden, it's, it's not ex- anything of what you planned. And if you had turned around and put everything into that, you're really screwed. Right. You create your own digital front door with your website and you control that you control the look the feel the the content that goes on it uh not 
somebody at some corporate Snapchat right. or Instagram or wherever doing that. And I think that that makes you know all the sense in the world. And getting a custom website, that's the difference. Some people yeah. say, I'm going to go on Wix or I'm going to go on Squarespace and make a website. That's great, but you still don't necessarily own it, just as you don't really own your Facebook page. Because True. at the snap of a finger, something can be taken away. You have limitations. But when you get a custom website or, you know, for example, WordPress is a platform that we work on a lot, you own that website and you own that content. And even if it's removed from the digital sphere, you still have that backup and, right. you know, the record. So you can do with it what you want. You don't have to rely on Wix or Squarespace's limitations, you know, hiring a specific coder to like, I think I just learned something. So Wix and Squarespace do not have a standalone you own it type product. That's always like you rely on their platform. Really? Okay. I mean, I know WordPress does have their the two sides of it, but they've also got the open source which is which is what I use, but I mean that's I didn't realize that. And so yeah. that's certainly a um, a consideration for anybody that would be looking mm-hmm. uh, to do that. I mean, I get I get that Wix and Squarespace are pretty easy and Yeah, uh, not to knock them or anything. You know, it works for yeah, some no, people, no. but right. you no, know, without it's, a doubt. it's um right. we always really say, you know, it's it's better to have something than nothing. Yes. When it comes to a website. No question about it. You know, it's better to have something than nothing. Yeah, I mean, if you're maybe if you're just starting out, throw something mm-hmm. on there, and then as it as you continue to grow, then we we turn around and you move it off into you know convert it into a, a WordPress or what what else is out there? I mean, that, you've got WordPress, you Drupal. have Drupal, you have Joomla, you have .NET. There's there's so many different uh, platforms. There's Sitecore. Um, it just depends on obviously what is the commitment level to those platforms. Does anybody hard code anywhere? Uh, there's still people who hard code out there. Uh, <laughs> we we used to do a lot of hard coding. Uh, we used to do a lot of customization. Backslash div. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, everything that we do um, here at Liquefied, we everything's custom. We don't go through the methodology of pulling something off the shelf. Unless you're in a really hard budget situation, we highly recommend you don't pull something off the shelf just for the security aspect of things. We build our websites based off of what your need is now and what your need's going to be in five years so that the website grows with you and it's a good housing for your content and also your marketing. So you're not taking a, a, a WordPress theme, whether it be paid or free, and then modifying it. That's correct. Uh, I mean, you, you obviously can if could. the client yeah. wants to. If needed. You could. Um, but when we say we build custom websites, we build custom websites from the ground up. So you're taking in the WordPress infrastructure, the code, the, the core code, right. and uh, building it out there. Wow. That's correct. With your crew here, are there any capabilities that you don't have at this point? I, I don't honestly think there is a capability that we, we don't have, uh, just based off of the, the diversity of the, uh, the backgrounds of everyone that's on the crew, uh, believe it or not. I mean, whether it's down to strategic, whether it's marketing, uh, whether it's TV, uh, radio, yeah, I've seen all your creative that's that's around it. I mean, uh, and it's it's obvious that there's an incredible pool of talent that sits in two 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 seven two 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 seven two 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 seven. And you know, the you look at the lights on the bay. I've referred to that a couple of times, but that was a great a great program with the dogs and the glasses and the and antlers and and everything <laughs> else was fantastic. But I mean, you guys will do it all from photography to mm-hmm. the video to drones to what you know, photography, pretty much. video, illustration, all the way from the ground up. But we do scripting, we do storyboarding, we do Production. everything that a traditional ad agency offers. We always like to have that diversity. 
we we don't like being bored. Yes. <laughs> we definitely are never bored in this office. <laughs> it, I was going to say it seems like you're constantly on the move, and um, you know, congratulations on coming up on 15 years, which is uh, exciting. I'm looking forward to hearing what's in the future. I'm uh, looking forward to hearing about Jessica's marathon. It's, uh, <laughs> It's, when is that going to be? October. October. Yeah. Where is where is the marathon? Um, I'm going to be part of the Baltimore Run Fest. Okay. So the one in Baltimore, but also my first half marathon will be March on the B&A Bike Trail. What's your biggest distance so far? Uh, my biggest distance is the A10. I've done that twice. Okay. So I've never gone further than 10 miles. This will be a challenge. <laughs> I still think that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Sean Noratel, Jessica Noratel, Jamie Tchaikovsky, Caitlin Wiggins. Thank you very much. Liquefied Creative. Best way to get in touch with you, liquefiedcreative.com. That is that is the best way. That would be the front door to That'd your agency, front wouldn't it? Digital agency. front door. Stop in. You know, our door is always uh-huh. unlocked. And there is a lot of parking here. You just sort of snake around. Uh, if you go through the little tunnel mm-hmm. by the back door of the chart house or in the front side of the chart house, there's a big parking lot there. Uh, the front door is actually on Severn Avenue. It's a wonderful old building. I saw that you had the Trumpy sign that was uh, that you're able to get out of there. And I congratulate you on so many years of success. Wish you many, many more. And thanks for taking the time this morning. Great. Thank you, John. Thanks for listening to this special podcast for Ion Annapolis. Please be sure to visit ionanapolis.net for all your local news, events, and opinions. And in case you haven't already, please subscribe to the Ion Annapolis Daily News Brief, where we bring you your local news direct to your phone or tablet every Monday through Friday at 7 a.m. Subscribe on iTunes or Google Play.